Welcome to Grand County Matters. My name is John Sanderson. This show is for and about all of the people who live, work, and love Grand County. It doesn't matter what part of the county you call home, I hope to have something for everyone. This edition of Grand County Matters is brought to you by Sanderson Commercial Real Estate. The name Grand County Trusts when specialization matters. Online at sandersonre.com. Hello and welcome back to Grand County Matters. Today, we're talking with Helen Sedlar, Executive Director of the Mountain Family Center in Granby. Helen, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about the Mountain Family Center as we were chatting before the recording started. I had no idea the scope of your uh, service offerings and the type of people that you serve until a friend of mine who's a fire victim indicated that he had come to the Mountain Family Center for some clothing. And I happened to look online and I thought, well, gosh, this this is a great story. We should talk to Helen. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you reached out. (laughs) So tell us about the Mountain Family Center. You bet. Um, We have been serving the community for, it'll be 42 years when 2021 rolls in. And it started as a grassroots effort with a group of women just trying to help their neighbors being in a remote, isolated area, as you can imagine, back in 1979. And from there, we received our nonprofit status in the mid-80s. And our programs and services just started adapting and addressing the needs of the community as they arose. The primary services of the time were just making sure people's basic needs were met. So it was food, clothing, and shelter. And knowing that a lot of our work, especially in that time frame, was tied to the resort communities, summer and winter, a lot of people had to weather lack of income during the mud seasons in the spring and the fall. So they could be without work for one to two months, each of those um, timeframes. So this organization started gathering resources to help connect people to groceries, clothing, and financial assistance. And today it has just grown into food insecurity being one of our primary focuses for all ages as well as making sure people have adequate clothing, whether it's winter or summer, and then making sure people are not facing homelessness, that we can help sustain their housing or make it more reliable as they weather their financial storms. That's amazing. And you do all sorts of things, food pantries, financial assistance, you have a thrift store, what else? You bet. So we serve all of Grand County and parts of Jackson County. So as you mentioned with our food pantry, we have a pantry in Kremlin, the main one here in Granby. We also have a food pantry at the middle school in Granby, where we have the entire middle school rotates each week to help us put together about 350 food totes that then go out to children in East Grand. The West Grand Food Totes program helps about 130 children each week. And then we have a food tote program for children over in Walden that helps about 65 children each week. Um, To date, we have handed out just through 2020 because of the fires and COVID, 
we will be close to 25,000 children's food totes that we'll be handing out this year. With our food pantry distribution, this year is going to be our highest count, serving just over 3,600 unique individuals. 30% of those are children. And we'll be counting over 9,000 pantry visits in Grand County. Last year, we were just around 7,400 pantry visits. And then Walden serves about, we'll see closer to 2,000 pantry visits in that community. So about nine, uh, sorry, 11,000 pantry visits between Grand and Jackson County. Let's, let's back up just for one moment and let's talk about these food totes for the children. Mm-hmm. What's in a food tote? Where's that food come from? How does one, you know, how, how's it all get put together? So about six years ago, West Grand, which is primarily is the Kremlin area, had approached Mountain Family Center, sharing with us that a lot of children were either coming to school hungry or going home hungry. And so as a pilot program, we were able to receive funding from a generous individual for about $10,000, which helped us provide 55 weekend totes because our Grand County kids only go to school Monday through Thursday. So they were losing access to free and reduced meals on Friday. And then we also realized they did not have as much access to groceries, especially if they were latchkey kids, meaning their parents often leave them at home to go to work. So we started putting together small bags and it would have peanut butter, oatmeal, canned soup, raviolis, juice boxes, applesauce, canned oranges, anything that was easy for them to open and access with not always having a parent at home, sometimes cereal and shelf-stable milk as well. And that quickly grew because the other communities within Grand County were like, we need that same support. And so now that is a program that provides about 575 children each week with a food tote. We initially started it just to run during the school year, taking breaks when the schools took breaks. We now run year round because summer became another time that that support was needed. As COVID rolled in and and classes were moved to home and schools closed early, the schools still stepped up and were providing sack lunches two to three days a week and provided a delivery route often paired with what would have been the bus route. We started having a chase vehicle, so to speak, with our food totes once again packed so children could pick up a sack lunch from the school district, East or West Grand, but also then get a food tote so they'd have two to three days of snacks like granola bars and the other items I had just mentioned that would help sustain their access to groceries now that they were home seven days a week versus just three. Do you distribute those on a daily basis or is there a schedule weekly? It's usually a weekly schedule with our kids only being in school Monday through Thursday. Typically, these were available for pickup at each school location uh, on Thursdays. And so then they would have them for the weekend. But as we went into COVID and the kids being at home and the school districts delivering food along the bus routes, whether it was two days or three days, we provided a chase vehicle with additional groceries to go out to them as well. That's great. 
we fundraise for that each year. Uh, the majority of our children are not in a free and reduced program in the schools. Usually we can get funding. Walden qualifies for funding through Food Bank of the Rockies to get some additional groceries to help supply those food totes. But your children have to be registered in the free and reduced program, and it needs to be about 50% of your enrolled kids. Different pockets of our community are a little less than that. Some are a little bit more. So we actively fundraise throughout the year. And we spend anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year on groceries to fund that program for kids. Thirty to fifty thousand dollars of grocery shopping per year. Mm-hmm. Each bag costs right around four dollars and thirty-five cents to put together, and then we sometimes have transportation and labor on top of that to cover for our team. Well, wow, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll be handing out close to 25,000 children's food totes in 2020 alone. That's amazing. I I mean, I'm a little bit speechless. I don't even even know what to ask. It's shocking to me that, I guess, on the one hand, that the need is so great and that the scope of your services are so broad. Somebody goes to the grocery and buys this stuff, and then it needs to get bagged up. And so where does all of that happen? Well, so for the children's food totes, we order a lot of the groceries from Food Bank of the Rockies. We then have relationships with each of our grocery stores between Fraser Winter Park and Kremlin and Grand Lake. So we will buy additional groceries from Safeway, the Fireside Market in Winter Park, City Market, Come and Go, the Mercantile in Kremlin and Mountain Market and Grand Lake. So we will buy groceries from each of our partners. They also donate groceries. We also have some amazing support through Lions Club, the Rotary Clubs within our community, as well as churches. Even some of the schools will do can drives where when they've been allowed pre-COVID days to have dances, the kids can enter for free instead of paying three, five, ten dollars if they bring canned goods. Or sometimes Patty Finnegan from Fraser Elementary, her kids will do a can drive and they usually have a goal of of bringing in about 2,000 pounds of food. So we rely heavily on in-kind donations. Last year, our in-kind donations for groceries was probably around 150,000. We're going to be probably closer to 500,000 of in-kind donations since March because of COVID and the fires. So our community, neighboring communities, good neighbor outreach, even from the front range, has been helping us keep our shelves stocked. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And that's just that's just food. We haven't even talked about financial assistance or the thrift store or anything else. Very true. And we also do a children's after-school program in Kremlin. It's called CATCH, which is Coordinated Approach to Child Health. We started that because West Grand did not have an active rec district. Yes, they have sporting athletics type um, of activities after school for a, a select number of children, but that's usually a small percentage. And a lot of our lower income households perhaps did not play sports or participate in another academic activity after school. So we kind of focus on kindergarten through seventh grade, sometimes eighth grade. And last year before COVID, we had 90 children enrolled in our catch after school program. 
And when you think about West Grand having that average enrollment of around 475 children, we had, you know, roughly 100 participating in this after-school program where our team provides a healthy nutritional snack that the children are usually involved in helping create or determining what that menu looks like, followed by physical activity and learning to build empathy skills and looking at your equity lens to making sure everyone has access to the same thing. So we've been doing that program as well as Cooking Matters, Bright by Three, Exploring Foods and Eat, Play, Grow. And those are all for different age groups and families and even senior citizens with the Cooking Matters classes, where we're really looking at healthy nutritional alternatives versus grabbing Cheetos or drinking sodas. It's really about how your body works and thrives with better nutrition and then pairing that, of course, with academics. So we work very closely with the school districts on all of those nutritional-based programs, knowing that education and nutrition can build a brighter tomorrow for our younger generation. Amazing. Let's pause on the scope of the Mountain Family Center for a second and tell us how you arrived at the Mountain Family Center. Oh, definitely. So I am originally from Georgia. I came out here my senior year in college and fell in love with the community. I had come out for a summer and I'm still here. So I needed to wrap up my journalism degree in public relations with University of Georgia and actually ended up taking my last couple of classes at DU in Denver and got an internship with National Sports Center for the Disabled, which then led to a 15-year career there. And then I branched out and worked briefly with Grand County Rural Health Network, the Grand Foundation, and Kremlin Memorial Hospital District, all focused on either grant writing and nonprofit services, health and human services for our Grand County community. I joined Mountain Family Center in 2013, and at the time, we were located in Hot Sulphur, and there were three employees. We were in a 900-square-foot building. We were given the space pro bono by Grand County. They housed Mountain Family Center for at least 15 to 20 years at no rent, which was a huge help. Since then, we have purchased the building we're currently in, and it's a 9,000-square-foot building. And at the height of COVID, we were at 30 employees. With that growth in employment, for our team, we had merged with Grand County Council on Aging. They came under our umbrella in 2018 after their nonprofit had had several challenging years of change and their current director was relocating out of the state. And we were able to merge them onto our campus and provide senior transportation and wellness exercise and nutritional health services for seniors. And so during COVID and then the fires, our mobile food pantry, which was also a recent purchase this past year, 
we were able to also take care of our seniors, keeping them safer at home, delivering groceries, picking up pharmacy, and just calling at least 20 to 30 seniors each day, about 150 in a week, making sure they were okay and still feeling connected to services, even though they were being safer at home. We also merged with Grand Angels, which was a, a small volunteer group out of Grand Lake that provided some ancillary services with Mountain Family Center, we always worked in unison in helping with basic needs for clothing, housing, and food. And their core group of volunteers were relocating out of the community after 17 years of service, and they transferred their funds and collective ideas of, of helping with additional services. And we continue to stay in um, contact with those volunteers and they help us keep a Grand Angels Fund alive under Mountain Family Center. So yes, the scope of the organization continues to get bigger. It does. I mean, we work closely with Health and Human Services and Adult Protection Services, the county, public health, the school districts, and we follow along closely when public health or you know, health and human services do needs assessments for the communities. And then as a nonprofit, we try and provide wraparound services for perhaps where those county services or government services end. We also are a SNAP enrollment site for food assistance, or or previously, some states call it food stamps. We can do that type of enrollment here. We have a cancer fund. So if a community member is struggling with cancer, which is so expensive, we have a core group through Taking Steps, which is a volunteer core where their financial fiscal sponsor, they raise anywhere from 50 to 100,000 a year. Our relationship with them has been just over six years now, which has brought about a half a million dollars in financial financial assistance for cancer services. So we're very fortunate to work with that volunteer core that's based out of Grand Lake. And then, as you know, I mentioned, we work with Energy Outreach Colorado for um, utility and heat assistance. Through the wildfires, we've been able to get assistance from the Department of Local Affairs, DOLA, as well as CARES Act funding. And we were also eligible for the PPP loan, which allowed us to stay fully operational as an essential work site. As of March 16th, we closed down all of our ancillary programs and services and just focused on food and housing and clothing while everyone was kind of in in a safer-at-home mode and making sure we switched access to the building to a drive-through service. So now all of our food pantry locations are drive-through and continue to be drive-through just to keep our team safe. Wow. Let's talk about your location in Granby. That, that is the, the primary spot, correct? It is. We were formerly located in Hot Sulphur, and we realized it really took a lot of effort for some people to reach us. Granby is definitely a more central, accessible location. And then... West Grand School District provides us with free space in Kremlin behind the high school. So we have an office there that's open two to three days a week based on need for a food pantry. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a 
off-site satellite pantry at the East Grand Middle School. And those middle school kids help us put together the East Grand School totes. And then we work with Changes Thrift Store next to Safeway. And they're a satellite food pantry for us as well. But our main campus and one stop for many services is located at 480 East Daggett in Granby, which is on Main Street. Our thrift store is also located here. And if there's a family in need, whether it's from the wildfire, COVID, or just they're struggling to make ends meet because they've had layoffs or reduction in work, especially with our restaurant industries, we are able to provide clothing vouchers where it's like a gift card and they can go and shop with pride and dignity and not just be given a bag of clothing. They can go and pick it out and be a shopper. Then we were very fortunate. One of our residents who works with Patagonia and lives part-time here in Grand County and part-time in California, her home was lost on 125 after the East Troublesome fire. Patagonia asked her what they could do. And she's like, our community needs clothing. They probably mailed us, I am guessing, uh, between Mountain Family Center and Grand Foundation. We received probably close to $60,000 worth of clothing that was just for the East Troublesome Fire um, households that had been displaced from the fire. So it's just amazing, again, that level of outreach. I feel like a lot of times we're just orchestrating resources that community members or other entities, foundations, individuals, businesses kind of task us with being, and we are a family resource center. And I think this past year has really showcased how everyone working together and how amazing the outreach and level of services can be when we have that focused effort. Yeah, absolutely. I heard about, about the Patagonia donation from the, the friend that I mentioned earlier who had lost his home. And I was just astounded that, an organization who has little tie to Grant County would be so generous with their products to help those people who are definitely in need, especially in this climate. Totally amazing. Well, and the Colorado Rockies did the same. Jim Kellogg uh, called, uh, gosh, just he had a connection with friends from Sea Lazy U who came so close to losing so much. And he asked, what may I do to help the community? And as Sea Lazy U had been displaced, during the first couple of weeks of the fire, after the fire, they put him in touch with us. And when I had been at National Sports Center for the Disabled, he had been on the board of directors. So it was great to hear from Jim Kellogg again. And he brought us up like 16 boxes of Colorado Rockies t-shirts and jerseys and to share out with that families that have been displaced by the fires. So again, it, it's truly been amazing. Amazon through Hunger Free Colorado and Food Bank of the Rockies, they distributed funds to help with food banks across the country. And since we're in partnership with Food Bank of the Rockies out of Denver, they then provided around $20,000 worth of free groceries that came from Amazon. So it's been amazing. I think it really is incredible the way the community has come together, not just for COVID, the, the fire victims. It's just been amazing to see from the sidelines. I just admire the people who have been so engaged and so, I don't know, passionate about helping their fellow Grand County residents to, to survive this terrible tragedy. 
Absolutely. And what's been interesting is my understanding is from the 360 plus homes that were lost, I think about 25 to 30% were either underinsured or not insured. But even those households, when they come to get grocery cards or gas cards or clothing or gift cards for clothing from Mountain Family Center, because again, individuals like Mountain Parks Electric or organizations like Mountain Parks Electric created funding to help people through COVID and the fires. And then just Grand Foundation being one of the main resources to build a community fund for COVID and the wildfires, but then trickling down that funding resource to the nonprofit agencies that were helping. It's been tremendous. But then the households themselves, hey, we feel lucky. We have each other. Uh, We got our pets. We got some of the items that are dear to us, but yes, we lost a lot, but even they have been more generous thinking of their neighbor who lost just as much as they did, but not wanting to take because they want to make sure there's enough for everyone. So it's, I think we live in a very special place where we're always thinking about our neighbors and Mountain Family Center feels very fortunate that we're able to help put those resources together and pool them so each family can benefit at a higher level. So I'm curious, and and this sounds like such a ridiculously silly question, even as I think about it before I say it, for you in 2020 with COVID and the fires, what's changed? If you look back a year ago and said, well, this is what 2020 was supposed to look like, what do you think is so different this year? What are the things that really come to mind? Well, I think First, it's amazing the generosity. I think sometimes before COVID and the fires, how much our world changes and heated political environments and whatever else there may be, put to the side. I mean, we were a community in crisis that jumped from COVID straight into two fires within Grand County. And it was just amazing to see despite differences how everyone wanted to help their neighbor. And to me, that was just remarkable and refreshing to see that despite changing times, there are still those that can help. We had so many people that when they did get a stimulus check, they turned around and wrote the check right back to Mountain Family Center to help us buy groceries or gift cards or clothing for those that were being affected by layoffs and furloughs with COVID or having lost their homes with the East Troublesome Fire. So I think that's what stands out. Our community has a lot of heart. I know we hear a lot of times we are grand, and I think it's the individuals who live here that make Grand County so special. I totally agree. I've said on many other shows, you know, my family and I lived here full-time for about nine years, and we're part-time now. And truly, I do miss it. I I miss that small town, that small town camaraderie, that small town, everybody pitches in to help, you know, just a simple example. I, I was really shocked by the outpouring of help between horse owners and horse transporters when Sealy's you had to quickly move their their horses from their property. Uh, the number of people that, that showed up you know, with no expectation, I'll do whatever I can. And they loaded mm-hmm. horses on trailers and moved them to the city. Exactly. And and then for their team, they had a team of about eight that were hands-on at Sea Lazy U. 
And here they are for two weeks after the fire, coming in every day to volunteer with Mountain Family Center, helping us put food boxes together, helping us organize clothing by size that was being donated, running food to our other locations or even out into the community with you know mobile delivery and knowing that they were in such a state of flux, but their first inclination was to continue to help. And again, we saw that through our local churches, through our school districts, through our county offices, the towns, of course, and Grand Foundation stepping up, and then Lions Club and our Rotary Clubs. It was just this amazing outreach and be like, what do you need? What do you need most before we just bring stuff? Tell us what you need. And it would be like, hey, we need $100 gift cards to our local grocery stores, or we need gift cards to Home Depot and Lowe's. And it was just amazing that we would have them within a day and just start handing them out to those that were trying to rebuild. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the future of the Mountain Family Center. Now that you've gone from, you know, normal day-to-day operations in 2019 to the stress test of 2020, what do you see the future of the Mountain Family Center? Well, I like to always say I would love to come to work tomorrow and not have a job because that would mean everyone had what they needed to be self-reliant and to have a healthy household in the sense of no financial burdens, access to food, access to groceries, and not having a fear of being homeless or losing their housing and temporarily being homeless. Um, So seeing how 2020 was a year like no other... I I hope that we remain poised and ready to help. We were so fortunate that we had just spent time cross-training our team over the last year between departments. So when March 16th rolled out, everyone just switched gears. And we normally have a team of two to three operating the Granby Food Pantry. It required six to eight people on a daily basis just to keep up with the volume of people coming through. So I feel fortunate that our our team was at the size that we had secured a USDA rural development loan to buy our building in 2018. We were successful in a capital campaign in 2017-18 to renovate the building so we could have a larger food pantry, have a larger thrift store, and house our Council on Aging for Seniors, as well as Grand Beginnings. They're another nonprofit that we house. So I think for us, it would be to continue building our network and making sure it's strong within our community and region, because it's not just Grand County, it's our community partnerships across the state and, of course, our Northwest region. I think it's hoping that the grant and funding opportunities are still there. We apply for as many grants as we can. That's the majority of a lot of our funding. The other part is individual contributions. We can only operate and offer the services we do because of the investments individuals, businesses, and foundations make to Mountain Family Center and trust with us. We feel we're stewards of that money and making sure we're providing evidence-based programs and services or meeting the needs that our community has shared out is a need or crisis. And just hoping that the funding is there. I mean, in 2013, our budget was two or 2012, our budget was 225,000. 
and that included with in-kind services and donations. With in-kind services and donations, our 2020 budget is probably going to finish closer to $2.2 million. Uh, we had budgeted right at $1 million for 2020. Yeah, and that's how much additional need was here between housing, groceries, and clothing that we were helping. We provided, by the end of December of this year, we'll have helped about 525 households with rent and utility assistance. And that alone has been close to half a million dollars, if not, you know, closer to $650,000. And then with food pantry and children's food totes and senior nutrition, the grocery bills have more than doubled. I think last year we spent right around $80,000. And I think I shared our in-kind grocery donations were around $150,000, which will be closer to $500,000 this year you know, compared to 2019. So we can only hope that our financial resources remain so we can continue to provide the services. But I would love to come to work one day and not have a job. (laughs) There wasn't a need. I think that would be wonderful. Let's, Let's talk about the money. So from a $20 donation to a $20 million donation, how can people get involved and contribute to the Mountain Family Center? Well, we can always use shelf stable with current, not expired dates on shelf stable food items, canned goods or boxed goods. We definitely would like to see an expiration date that has not expired come and gone. That's huge. We can always use macaroni and cheese, tuna fish, peanut butter, jelly, crackers, oatmeal, cereals, any type of canned meat chilies, stews, you name it. That's always a huge help. As well as cleaning items, laundry detergent, dish soap, anything like that is helpful. And especially during the time we were having no toilet paper and paper (laughs) towels. Oh my goodness, that was so hard. So we're trying to make sure we stay up on that. And then cleaning supplies, because a lot of families needed Clorox wipes or bleach or Lysol. Our former um, CEO and president of Winter Park Resort, Gary DeFrange, and his lovely wife, Michelle, were like hitting every store in the Denver area to help try and find Lysol and Clorox products for us for months on end and then bringing us up cereal and other items too. So again, it's just been that connection and you yourself, you know, being a former community member for so many years and still reaching out to help us build that awareness. So those are the ways people can help. And then on our website at mountainfamilycenter.org, we have donation options where you can go to PayPal or the Colorado Gives, which is there's a website. It's not just the December Colorado Gives date. You can actually make donations through that website year round. And then we have a PayPal link and you can stop by with a financial contribution or mail it in. And you're right. I mean, think about it. One food tote for one child costs about $4.35. So even a $5 donation helps us feed one child one day. And $25 can help a senior get a ride to Denver for a medical appointment. And these are typically our lower income seniors that don't have access to transportation and can't drive. And we're trying to keep them safe by only transporting one senior at a time for those critical health care needs while we're still kind of in an orange stay safe by not going too far from your home. 
Then, of course, when it is safer, we will be able to welcome volunteers back on board. We have had volunteers, once they pass a background check, they've been able to go into the schools and help us hang the food totes on the coat racks for the kids. Or we will have them work here with us with our seniors or in the food pantry. We can always use help greeting families or individuals when they're driving through or putting our food boxes together. Our food truck comes the fourth Wednesday of every month. And we usually need about 10 to 15 people to help us unload a 60 plus foot semi truck with 11 to 15 pallets of groceries. And those are ways people can reach out and help. We do take gently used clothing items in our thrift store. We're currently taking donations on Mondays and Thursdays between 10 and 3. And again, gently used items. All of the purchases or sales from our thrift store help keep our building operational as well as keeping groceries on the shelves and helping with rent and utility assistance as well. There's got to be a place for every person to plug in. You know, I'm a power of 10 guy. If it's if it costs $4.35 to feed one child, then 50 bucks feeds 10 and $250 takes 10 seniors to the city. So I, I think there's opportunities for everybody to contribute where they're able to help those that are in need. Absolutely. And we've just come off of our holiday programs or fall programs. So every back to school time frame that August month, we're doing backpack and school supplies for all of our kids in Grand and not all of our kids, but a high percentage of kids, typically the ones that are receiving the food totes also sign up for our backpack school supply program. So on average, we help about 400 children each school year get back to school with backpacks and their basic supplies. And then we also try and drop off additional supplies to the teachers so they're not spending their own individual money on those items if we can help them collect paper, USB drives, whatever they may need. And then we have Thanksgiving baskets that go out to approximately 400 households. And then we have a holiday Christmas program that we help about 130 to 150 families, which is usually 325 to 400 children each year. Gosh, it's such important work. And the scope of the need is immense. And the amount of effort that goes into creating the products or the 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 totes, the programs, the Thanksgiving baskets, it's just it's just amazing, Helen. I I mean on behalf of everybody Thank you very much for all that you have done for Grant County. Well, thank you. And and I did not even have time to mention all of our community partners like our local banks and and other businesses and hardware stores that always pitch in and help. I mean, it is a truly a community effort to offer the services we do. And we do that in partnership with individuals, businesses, and groups. So I feel fortunate to work here because it is in partnership with so many other people. So thank you for letting us share that and and tell our community thank you as well, because they've helped us help others. Well, I hope our show today goes far and wide and hits the right kind of people who will open their hearts and their volunteer time and their wallet to to help further the mission that you have begun and for years and years, another, what, 75 years in the future. Well, thank you so much. I, I think a platform like this helps build awareness. It's amazing that you can live in such a small, close-knit community and yet 
not always be aware of what is offered within the community. And I think sometimes it's because we don't need certain services, so then we're not aware that they're there. So your platform here today will help us build that awareness and continue to serve those who have need. I think that's a great way to close out the program, Helen. Well, thank you. And Happy New Year. Let's hope 2021 is a little bit quieter. (laughs) Out with the old and in with the new. Thank you, Helen. This is Grand County Matters.